0: Jim, Rowan, how you going? How am I going? Not so well actually. I hurt my eye at Jujitsu and now I'm wearing a weird cover thing on it and it's a bit distracting. It'll probably affect my reading. Uh I can't imagine it won't. But it is the 1st of March. Yesterday was the second night of Castle Attack, so well, I've got to do a show. The show must go on, even if it goes on in pain. That's the other thing, weather check. It is night. It is the night of the 1st of March, but it's a bloody hot lo- night, let me tell you. <sighs> like I just got to jujitsu and I didn't have to warm up at all. I was already sweating just being there. Anyway, that's um, that's the real stuff, though trust me, I did the job. Uh, let's get to the, uh, the stuff in Japan here. So, because, and I'm actually happy because I nearly did this last night, right after the matches last night, but then there was a ton of news that came out today, so I'm glad I waited, so plenty to go through. Um, Before I get to last night's show However I'll just quickly go through What was said After the first night of Castle Attack On the 27th Because When I did that uh, Show a couple days ago um, The Audio wasn't up yet Or actually No, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Uploaded that yesterday The um, the, the, the interviews rather Weren't up yet for the first night So I'll run through the matches again very quickly So uh, First one was Okan, Cobb and Osprey Versus Tanahashi, Kojima and Tenzan And The United Empire Got the win over Tenzan with the Kind of assisted Oz cutter After the match, Kojima said he'll never bow down To the power of the Empire as impressive as it is. And he doesn't need to keep hearing Khan shout about it. Tanahashi thinks he has looked second best against Khan in their build to the Never Open Weight title match. And he was asked why he doesn't wear the belt around his waist. And he says his thoughts on the title have changed, but um and well and uh, perhaps he he should perhaps Tanahashi he feels he should maybe wear the belt around his waist and then Khan comes in he says tomorrow he will take Tanahashi's belt and his assistant S- referring of course to Suji, Cobb and Osprey they oh, do a promo together and it's as terrible as usual next match was Yoshihashi Tangaloa and um, that was a Tangaloa win by Ape shit. Uh, straight after that was Tamatonga, and Goto and Goto one with a GTR. Not much in the way of. Well, I, I think. Oh, sorry, I need to keep the window open, so you'll uh, have to put up with the motorbikes. Um, hopefully no planes, though, or helicopters. We'll see. Yeah, everyone kind of just had pretty basic things to say. Tama. Says tomorrow they enter his realm, of course referring to the tag team title match. And Goto says that they don't fight like champions, the gorillas. And then we had the Texas strap match for the King of Pro Wrestling 2021 trophy. Chase Owens versus Toro Yano. And um, Yano won that one by removing the last pad. Owens thinks, this is backstage of course, Owens thinks Yano had a mean streak in him today. And Yano said that the strap hurt like hell But he had to take care of his baby Komaine, Jay White and Ishii um, The Blade Runner finishing Ishii Backstage White rambles about gullible wrestling fans And Ishii is behind him now And ahead of him is the New Japan Cup Which he is yet to compete in apparently This will be his first New Japan Cup Appearance or as he Starts calling it the New j Cup What was that? Something bouncing around the walls um, And then the main event Evil and Okada Okada winning with the Rainmaker He said back st- Oh actually no of course he had the uh, promo in the ring He says it felt good to get that win He apologizes for the dirty Bullet Club tactics his plan is to win the new japan cup and take the IWGP heavyweight championship back and he thinks people are sick of the double title and that it's up to him to save the heavyweight division and then backstage okada says that he's done with evil he's on track for the title but the new japan cup is the right way to do it and he isn't interested in the double title or whether it's unified or not the strongest wrestlers should be fighting for the top prize, and that is the heavyweight title. That brings us to... the next night, the 28th, yesterday. New Japan Castle Attack, night two. Also, of course, coming from osaka Joe Hall. The first match on this card, Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay took on Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan. And, uh, of course, the trend leading into this one has been just all of the United Empire really, uh, teasing and mocking Tenzan with the chops, the Mongolian chops, they hold holding back and every, all of them, all the United Empire guys are doing the chops. Of course, Khan kind of took the move as a regular move, but the other guys just do it to piss him off, I imagine. But, um... They go too far because Ten San just decides he's gonna start throwing chops back and he chops them all down and then Cobb takes a a cutter from Koji, a Koji cutter, and then there's a big Lariat and Kojima pins Cobb for the win. Um so I you know, I, I've since there's been a, a bit of time in between this happening and now me recording this. I've seen a lot of people quite upset that the stipulation wasn't adhered to or that Tenzan should have been disqualified. Actually, I think the commentary team was saying that, that they expected Tenzan to be disqualified. And I'm not really sure I agree with that. Like, it's kind of. I mean, it's not really written into the rule book, is it? It was just kind of a silly stipulation in a mid card match. I I mean, not to say they should completely disregard it, but I don't think it's up to the officials, the referees, or even, like, it sounds silly for it to even be like the IWGP committee, for example, that would fine Tenzan for this. It kind of just seems like one of those... Thing, I don't know. I guess maybe the... I guess maybe I'm... wrong. It, 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 I don't know. I guess in just in terms of stipulations, how can you really tell someone not to do a move if it's not an illegal move and everyone else is allowed to do the move? It, you know, it, it, I guess I, it, seems like, it seems to be something that's more the honor system comes into play. Um, Kind of like retirements. Like, you definitely shouldn't just be doing retirements here and there, but, like, it's, I don't know. Getting fired would be different, but if you decide you're unretired, then I don't see why you can't come back. You just have to deal with the public opinion. You're someone that went against your word, you know. Just, I don't know, it just didn't sound right to me that the referee should be disqualifying him for using a perfectly legitimate move. Anyway, he actually has a way around this as well. Well, I mean, we'll see what turns out from it. But, um, yeah, Kojima backstage, he says that, um, well, he just talks about his lariat and how that keeps him going as a pro wrestler. And Tenzan comes in and he's like, yeah, that lariat, you know, it's the best, it kept us, um or it won us the match, and then Tenzan goes on to say he was stressed without his Mongolian chop, and he couldn't contain his frustration any longer, but he just makes up, and I actually, I think this as well was something that the commentary team tried on, he just calls it a different name, he's like, well, it's not the Mongolian chop, it's the true Mongolian chop, which is, I mean, if he was... Really trying to skirt around, not using the Mongolian chop. You should probably at least change the Mongolian part of the name, but, um, you know, just call it like the Tenzan Choppy, the 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 Tenzan Swingeroo. I don't know. Something. Well, but I mean, I don't know. I didn't care about this. I didn't care that he used the move I thought, you know I was like, oh cool, he used it You know, whatever, move on Not a big deal Um, I think, you know I think it's probably more important That And again, this kind of like The honor system Khan earned it So people can't Really say Oh, well he stole it from Tenzan Well, you know I guess maybe he kind of did But then who did Tenzan steal it from, you know But um, in a way, he kind of earned it a bit from Tenzan... By competing for it in a match. So whether Tenzan uses it or not... Okan's kind of earned it. Um, and can... You know, legitimately claim it to be one of his moves... And he's not a copycat You know, it's it's his move. Um. Anyway, that's just the opener. But how cool is that? Just a bit of a surprise. And um, the surprise is... Cobb and Osprey losing, and I'm happy to see it. Next match Jay White, Chase Owens, and Evil versus Kazuchika Okada, Toru Yano, and Tomohiro Ishii. Of course, this is kind of the. Um, a bit of a Chaos versus Bullet Club battle the night before. Um, it didn't really result in a bunch of great matches, in my opinion. The, you know what, I I felt... I almost watched that um, Tomohiro Ishii and White match again because a lot of people really liked it. And I felt like it was just... And again, I held it to a high standard. But I just kind of felt like it didn't... It wasn't the match I thought it would be. So I was a bit disappointed by it. Um, I might watch it again, though. Like, maybe I was just in a foul mood. <laughs> maybe I just wasn't real impressed with the matches that came before it and I was a bit... You know, it, it makes a big difference, the uh, mindset you have going into watching a match. So, anyway. So, they had this tag match to kind of follow up on the night before. Um, and you know what was actually what I took from this match? Yano really clowns on evil. So, um, I mean, it wasn't a long match. Okada ends up submitting Owens with the money clip. But... um. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested to see how they treat evil from this point. It seems a pretty popular opinion that he, his push failed, um, and in fairness to evil, I don't know how much of that's his fault. He just, he's. He, You know, because he got the new music. His music sounds cool. His outfit looks good. Like, he's got a good look. He's a good wrestler. He can have good matches. But, like, just every match being him trying to cheat every way he can. And it doesn't help that the fans can't boo. Um, I don't know. It's brutal to watch. Anyway. What uh, Evil said after the match was that he wasn't convinced by yesterday's loss, and he tells Okada to keep his eyes open. Uh, for some reason, White has the Texas title belt, Owens's title. I don't know why I didn't pick up, or I didn't see him pick that up. Um, I mean, Owens lost, so he was probably helped out, so maybe... Jay just helped him out and then had hold of the title and just held on to it for a laugh. But uh, he says, uh, this is Jay White, says that he is the winner regardless of whether or not he holds a title, or he is a winner, regardless of whether or not he holds a title. And Ishii is always a loser. He is done with Ishii. Um, It was just a stepping stone. But uh, what he's stepping toward, of course, is the question. Something flying at me from this side now okay what's going on this is becoming a just a, a tr- like a, th- a theme a part of the podcast is just what noises will enter and how will I react <sighs> Okada walks in he's uh banged up from last night he admits but the fact that he still won uh tonight this on this occasion shows that he's on a roll according to him and he'll take that role into the new Japan cup so uh that was the just couple of uh warm up matches i suppose then we had the IWGP tag team championship Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto versus the Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tangaloa. So uh, in this one No oh, there you go, skyline, up the street, more noise. Yoshi jumps Tama at the start, which is fair play given how much Tama's been talking crap about him and his manhood, what's between his legs. And using words like itty bitty but um, Tanga Loa power bombs him dead and then just like kind of jokingly does the arm lift thing you know when you know the someone's in a sleeper hold and the referee grabs the arm and does the two drops and then on the third drop the guy comes back alive um, yeah Yoshi wasn't coming back alive he was dead and the referee just kind of stands there going all right, well, what are you doing, Tangaloa? Just do another move to him. I'm not going to call the match off. It doesn't matter that he's unconscious and unresponsive. So the match continues. And um, Yoshi makes a, sh- a short comeback, but uh, I think it was a theme of this match that the Gorillas just work better as a team. Um, and and that Yoshi's just kind of a tough kid. He kicks out of a magic killer, uh, but then... The challenges do have a, a bit of a surge and they hit the GYW, Tama kicks out of that. And then there's another tag move that they pull off on Tama, but he kicks out of that too. And then Loa runs in with the belt and there's just kind of this commotion. Uh, Jado uses the distraction of everything's going on to smack Goto with the kendo stick and Tama just kind of leaps in out of nowhere, uh, excuse the cliché hits the guns done and uh, that's it that seals the title defense for the champions and they hang around a while actually they like kind of go up on the turnbuckles and celebrate to the silent crowd and then backstage hammer Thomas, oh actually well on the way out I mean I didn't catch it I watched it back because I saw someone make a comment about it but I think it was an AEW tag team or maybe even two that Tamar referred to on the way out, I think he said top guys, and I think someone said that that sounds like or um the the mechanics the f t r i don't i apparently those guys call themselves that i don't watch the show, I'm not sure, but I just heard that apparently they'd made reference to uh the revival f t r so um yeah, uh, and, and then, I mean, in the in the promo backstage, it just says that they're the greatest team of all time and they'll take on any team from any company. So they're definitely teasing some kind of crossover there. And uh, I tell you what, again, I don't need to uh, tell anyone that's listened to me that I'm not the biggest AEW fan. I'm not a hater either, though, by the way. I'm just, they're just not bringing to the table something that I'm going to spend a bunch of time on. Having said that, they, they have you know really kind of focused on their tag division I know they've got a bunch of teams and um, that's definitely somewhere that New Japan lacks a department New Japan lacks in so um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board for that more tag teams sounds like a good idea um, and look I mean <laughs> I, you know, I mean, these guys are okay. Tama and Tangaloa. I, I don't necessarily get excited about their matches, but... Whatever. Anyway. Couldn't say that about the next champion. Never open weight championship. This is an next match. Great Okan um, challenging Hiroshi Tanahashi. So... um well, I mentioned it before in the uh, promos from after the last event or or at least after tanahashi's match, he comes out tanahashi with the belt over his shoulder rather than around his waist, so he still isn't convinced that he wants to wear this thing around his waist. Now, I have a theory about this, but I'll get to it. I'll get to it in a bit. I don't know if these are new pants, but Khan has some pretty fancy Aladdin pants on. I feel like I... Well, you know, maybe I didn't notice them earlier, but... um, Pretty flashy looking. Not bad, don't mind them. Not sure if I'd wear them. Maybe to bed. But, um... Uh, an interesting... I mean, the match was okay. It was pretty good, I guess. You know, not bad. I think, um... The most interesting part of it, though, was how involved... Suji was as you know I'm I'm a big Yoda Suji fan so there's a moment when Khan gets out of the ring and he 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 confronts Suji and then Tanahashi comes from behind Suji and not in like a rude or aggressive way but just kind of like Shove wouldn't be the right word. Just kind of moves him out of the way, to so that Tanahashi is squaring off with uh, Okan instead. And there's, I mean, it's subtle, but you can just notice that Suji's a bit perturbed at, you know, his. It's almost like a, a. well, I guess he's like his mentor, but maybe it's sort of, sort of starting to feel like a bit of a boss that Tanahashi is to him, and he just looks a bit like, do I have to take this from this guy? You know, and um, and I mean, I think commentary did a decent job of this, but it it is interesting that. Because co- uh, um, um, Yoda's been working so hard to get noticed, to get that Nido match has been the, the easiest way to see that. He's been trying to get that Nido match. He was trying to all sorts of ways. He was coming up with ideas, and it it was pretty clear that he was just being ignored by management, right? And he's 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 antsy. He's talking about how. Uh, you know, Jay White had been a champion. Osprey had been a champion. Okada had been a champion. By the time they were all twenty-seven, and he's twenty-seven, and he's still a young lion. Like he's itching to get something done. So, if you're following all of this, it it it's really interesting to kind of see the the gears turn in Suji's head when you you can see or you can you can understand that if he punches Tanahashi. Like, yeah, that's definitely a strong enemy and a big problem for him. But he might just be that desperate to make an impact. And you got to know that him him doing that and him joining the Empire, like, they would put him in a position, they would elevate him. If he's in these tag matches with Cobb and, um, you know, Ospreay and, and Khan... He's way more likely to be on the winning team. That's elevation of a kind. And um, so I don't know. It was it was it was uh, it was interesting watching it, it go down. And I mean, th- nothing happened at that moment. But then Khan grabs Tanahashi, and he holds him back. And Suji really thinks about it. He balls up his fist. Like he's really about to strike Tanahashi. But then he thinks better of it. And um, I think... I think on that occasion he kind of balled up his fist. But then he just ended up not doing anything. And then later on during the match... I didn't write too much about the match to be honest. I mean it was good but it was whatever. Um, Khan's in a state of desperation somewhat and he's crawling his way over to Suji and he tells Suji, Get me a chair. And Suji goes under the ring and he gets the chair and he thinks about it for a moment and then he slides it to Tanahashi instead. And of course Tanahashi's not gonna use it. He just sets it up and sits down on it and kinda smiles at Okan like um oh yeah you know, you thought you had him. And then um and then there's a couple of sling blades that doesn't keep Khan down. Khan hits a big lariat. And then, this was interesting. He, he grabs Tanashi's face, like he does with the Eliminator. But then he turned it into this kind of back rack thing. And it actually, I mean, you know, it's a little bit silly. But I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of a cool move. And, um... And, you know, I was actually thinking, just because it's new, I was kind of thinking, I wonder I wonder if he's going to get him with this. Like, I wonder if they're really going to put this over. Because it definitely looked uncomfortable. But um, it, it didn't. I don't know if I didn't write if Tanahashi got out of it or Khan just gave up on it. But Khan goes for the Eliminator. And this was really good. He gets Tanahashi up. And then Tanahashi just counters midair into this perfect crucifix and just rolls over into the pin and keeps Khan down for three it was a really good finish and then um, and then suji helps him out he helps him out of the arena the champion so uh, Tanahashi retains which I think is a right move um, especially as I mentioned I will continue to tease my uh, my theory. I'll get to it at the end. So uh, after the match, Khan needs a chair. He's really out of breath. He's reminded that Tanahashi, well, he this has reminded him that Tanahashi never really gets tired, but he is now worthy of a proper execution. Uh, but having said that, Khan can barely walk. That's one of the things with Khan, though. I, f- I feel like he 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 maybe oversells a bit, you know. He's he's meant to be kind of a tough guy brawler. I think he can kind of... You know, I mean, it's a good thing to be able to sell. But, uh, I don't know. I feel like he overdoes it a little bit. Uh, and then Tanahashi strolls in. He's fine. <laughs> he shows up his uh, custom Zima cans. They had like a collaboration uh, with Tanahashi. With uh, Zima. So, he's uh, he puts out all his... Cans with his um, kind of I think it's like just like a cartoon picture of him on it, maybe doing the high fly flow, which we didn't see in this match. I don't think he even tried it. Could be wrong. Didn't mention it. And um, Tanashi says he's still been thinking a lot about this title, and he's decided that he he wants to change people's perception of it. And all this talk of unification of course, of the Intercontinental and heavyweight titles. It's pushed this Never title to the sidelines. He thinks he can change that. And um, he's, he, lately he's been thinking of it as the Never Never title. So a double negative, as in anything's possible. And his goal is to raise this title to the same level uh, as the IWGP title. Now, I'm going to put a pin in that and I'm going to come back to it. Pause for effect. Next match IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship El Fantasmo versus El Desperado versus Bushi. Of course, this match coming together because of Hiromu's injury, uh, Bushi being a part of it, speaks to Hiromu's power because Bushi beat Wato that's the last guy he beat as far as I can recall um and Wado's pretty good but he hasn't um you know Ness is, I mean he's I don't want to get all real sports and UFC on you but like it's not like Wado's ranked he's not like a he's not way up there just because he's been impressive doesn't mean you know how many wins has he got you know what I mean Look at the best of Super Juniors. Anyway. Actually, no, he did pretty well in the best of Super Juniors. Perhaps I'm wrong. Oh, you know what? It might speak to how shallow the division is. But in any case... Um, well, this is the match. It's a three-way. Which I know I said on the last podcast that I don't particularly like. But at least it's at least it doesn't happen often and it's a little something different. So... Um, well, one thing I wasn't really—I was really impressed by in this match was that ELP really took it seriously. He wasn't doing the back rakes. He wasn't doing—I um, don't know—all kinds of goofy stuff. He did—he um, did a huge dive. Um, both other guys, Fantasma and Bushi, are outside the ring, and he jumps up to the top turnbuckle and dives outside. But it's—it's it's a really high dive, it's kinda of like a tarka dive, if you remember those. And of course the crowd aren't meant to make noise with their mouth, but they gasp. There's an audible gasp in the in the building because it's such a, a big move. Um, so he hits both guys with that. And and then he he takes Despy up the ramp and he tears at his mask and then he gives him a gotch style pole driver on the ramp. And then he tears the rest of the mask off. He tears it off completely. And he puts it on. He walks back to the ring with a Despi mask on, albeit a very torn one. But yeah, and then he just kind of kicks it into the air disrespectfully. But, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. When the, the stupid back rakes and that kind of stuff, that's different. This is like uh, still in a fight, disrespect. Plus, it's good tactics. Because Despi was actually out of the match for a long time because he had to cover his face and he ended up getting someone... uh, Someone ran off and got him a... He's got a spare mask. So they went and got him his mask and he put that back on. But for a while, it was just like a one-on-one match back in the ring with ELP and Bushi. So not only was it kind of, you know, a wow moment and dirty... Well, it was dirty tactics, but it was effective. You know, it wasn't just like a, a back rake and a nipple... Twist—that's stupid stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway, but uh, so yeah, they the ELP and Bushi fight in the ring for a while, um, and yeah, it's not bad. And then Despy gets his mask back, and he comes back down. ELP hits a Styles clash on Despy, but uh, Bushi breaks it up with his own pin attempt. Despy has a numero dos on ELP, but it's reversed into a roll up. A pinch a loco is counted, but reversed back into an Olympic slam. ELP stomps on Despy's toe, and then this kid to the mi- a kick to the mid section, and then a kick to the head. All of which, of course, you must remember with this loaded boot, so it all does like double damage. If if not more, actually, probably more. If this was a fighting game, um, so he's, he stomps on his toe, kicks him in the gut, kicks him in the head, hits CR2, which is. Uh, ELP's finish for those who don't know And then he does his Undertaker style pin But Bushi runs in And he he wouldn't have been able To quite make it To break up the pinfall So he just grabs the referee's arm And that's what stops the count And then Bushi goes For an MX ELP catches him with a kick But Bushi rolls out of the ring To avoid being pinned Then ELP gets Punched in the mouth by Despy. Actually, that's something else that ELP didn't do. That, that like, straight punch to the nuts that he does. Just another kind of, I don't know, goofy thing. Not that that's not... I guess that's, you could say, a strong tactic. But, I don't know. It's a bit over the top. Anyway, so Despy punches him in the mouth as he does. Uh, Pinche Loco is reversed once. Uh, once by ELP. With a pin... But then, Despy bridges out of the pin. That was pretty cool. And then he hits the pinche loco. And then he rolls through into another one. Hits two pinche locos in a row. Uh, Bushi's still on the outside of the ring because he got hit by the uh, sudden death kick. And uh, Despy does the Undertaker pin, the uh, you know, uh, coffin pin. I don't know, whatever. You should surely, if you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Undertaker bin on ELP and that's it he wins, Desperado is the new junior heavyweight champion and that's his first uh, win of the singles title a veteran of the junior heavyweight uh, tag team um, championship scene but his first singles title in the junior division and he's got both his tag titles with him too so he uh, puts those over his shoulders and then he Raises the the single title above his head He's covered in junior Well it's not gold but you know what I mean And then we got the promos So Bushi said he was fighting for Well he said that he was fighting for Hiromu Previously, but the truth is that he wanted this for himself, and he says, you know what, that's the only reason you should be here, but he couldn't get it done. Fantasmo crawls in with an ice pack on his face, and he's clearly very disappointed, which is, once again, a nice change from his usual silliness and his rambling and his over-talking. And, you know... It, it, it sells the stakes of the match It sells that Even ELP Cared about this And He's actually speechless But he does it really well He kind of He kind of Collects himself a bit And he, he looks like he's about to say something And then Kind of Can't really find the words And just kind of shakes his head And And Is he eventually just leaves, and his silence says a lot. Considering just as I said, considering how much of a loudmouth he usually is, I thought this was great. Well, great might be strong. It was a good promo. It was good. It was good character promo. It was good. Again, I, I think I'm repeating myself, but just in that it sold that this mattered. I thought it was cool. So yeah, he doesn't say anything, and he just leaves. And then Despi walks into a hero's welcome of a chair to sit on and a table to sit at and a Zima to sip on. Um, Although he says, one of the first things he says is, well, my mouth's covered, so I can't have a drink by his mask, of course. But um, he says the title's history is no longer paused. He has now restarted it. This is Desperado. He isn't convinced that the history was restarted properly though he kind of says you know they probably should have had a tournament that would have made more sense and he <laughs> and then he still doesn't know why bougie was involved at all um but that's not he always teases bougie for those that don't, don't know he's a, he's got a thing he's got a thing against bougie um but then he kind of i don't know he goes to... and inf- To and fro a little bit He says he was Glad to face both And that he's Kind of happy with the result Kind of happy with how things turned out But He admits that He would have been pinned If it wasn't for Bushi's intervention When Bushi grabbed the referee's arm Um, And He remembers First challenging for the title In Osaka He doesn't remember when But it was years ago Um, He thanks Kanemaru For his support And thinks that there's still business left with ELP, you know, especially, um, probably, perhaps even specifically, because he had him beat, and if it, if it was a one-on, well, you know, if it was a one-on-one, on it should be completely different, but he had him beat, so, you know, Despy seems like a very proud guy, but he also seems like he's, um, he definitely doesn't have that over-the-top confidence Phantasmo does. He's a little bit self-deprecating. He's um Yeah, kind of realistic but also like to the point of self-deprecating, but then also like happy to say that other people suck. He's um he's a layered guy. He's an interesting an interesting uh, fellow and a good choice for champion considering how Close he came to, I mean, they they had that fantastic match. The, um, what well, was the best of Super Junior's, Juniors' final, wasn't it? Him and Hiromu. Um, yeah, so cool. I'm happy to see Despy with the title. But that brings us to the main event of the night IWGP Intercontinental Championship on the line only. It was Tetsuya Naito challenging Kota Ibushi. Um, the first note here is that Chris Charlton suggests that Ibushi may want to create the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So I made a note of that because I was like, "Hmm, I I I don't think I had been able to picture what combining the IC title and the heavyweight title." would be up until this, up until that point. And then I was like, of course, they've never internally, I mean, the rest of us do, of course, we all consider it a world title. It's, you know, wrestling fans do. But internally, and this is kind of a Jap- Japanese thing, but they've never really considered it a world title. So I was like, that's a very interesting point, Chris Charlton. The Intercontinental belt, by the way, is around Ibushi's waist, though he does bring the heavyweight title with him as well, but of course, usually that's the title belt that he has around his waist, so he wears the IC title to the ring. And um, uh, another factor in this match, of course, is the fitness of Naito's knee, only just returned from injury, didn't have a lot of time to rehab whatever the damage done to it was. but uh, I suppose as kind of a offense is the best defense strategy, Naito targets and attacks the left knee of Ibushi. And this is after a, a very map-based start to the contest, but in a Naito way. Like, it's not just some technical exhibition. It's still that kind of rough and nasty Naito-style match. And... Um, there's a fair few pin attempts early by Naito. Um, just kind of trying to really wear Ibushi down. And then. It, it actually might have just been one move from Ibushi, though, that made up for all of that. He did his German suplex from the apron over the ropes into the ring and just drove Naito down on his head. It was. That was a. That was a tough one. That was that was a real Ibushi Naito spot. Um and it wasn't too far into the match. But Ibushi kinda really Um goes hard on the on the comeback there. He hits a bomber ye, he hits a last ride power bomb, and that gets him a two count. And then he tries the Kamagoye, but it's counted into a ruthless Valentia. Like again, classic Naito Ibushi just smashing him on his head and then the Destino was attempted by Naito but that stopped um, so uh, Naito instead does his elbow strikes the um, you know, with, with the wrist control and continuous elbow strikes which he'd been employing throughout the match it's, it's, it's something I think is really good with Naito because he makes him look real rough And, um, and hard. But you can tell that, like, there's a, there's a way to work that, that it's, you know, he's not really getting hurt. Ibushi's not really taking much damage from him, but they look good. Um, the counter to that, though, um, may be harder to work this one. Just a crunching lariat from Ibushi just spins Naito around and... Um, he does go for the kamigoye again, but Naito uses that elbow once again to separate, um, separate them. He hits a, a a kick to create some distance, and then runs in, hits the Destino, and once again, just freaking spikes Ibushi on his head <laughs> with this, uh, with this um, Destino. But Ibushi kicks out at two. And then Knight of course tries for the you know, the the proper version. The wind up Destino is what I call it, but you know what I mean. The proper destino. Um Ibushi catches him, um, they they kind of tussle and get separated, Ibushi hits a flying knee, and then he sets up the reverse Kamagoye, which of course is what he did to Sonata in his last title defense, well his double title defense. And um, he lands that flush. Then he goes to the other side. He tries again from the front, but that's reversed into a pin. But Ibushi rolls that straight through into another Kamigoye. This time, of course, from the front. Uh, But he does lose control of Naito's left hand or left wrist in the setup. So that small detail may have been the difference because Naito's able to kick out Of the subsequent pin Not to be deterred However, Ibushi picks Naito up With both wrists And lands a final Kamigoye Then just collapses On uh, on top of Naito Who this time of course Is finally kept down And they both stay down For quite a while But this was a really good match Um, I... I mean, I, I, I don't know if it'll make it into the top 10 by the time the end of the year comes around. Uh, I'm going to do my best to keep track of the best matches. And this is definitely going on that list. I I thought it was very good. But, I mean, I, I don't think it's even in the top five so far. Just off the top of my head, there's a few matches from Wrestle Kingdom and then that Shingo Tanahashi match. So, um, really good, but... Not not quite at that level. Definitely worth having a watch of, though. Abushi doesn't have a lot of time to celebrate, though, because Despy comes on down to congratulate the champion. He says it is bold of him to be out there, but, um, you know, considering the match that just went on. But Despy's like, you know, well, I've actually just finally become a champion as well, and He asks the audience He looks around He's like Does anyone here remember when I first challenged for it? Because it was right here in Osaka And it was against Kota Ibushi So Of course he uh, uh, With regards to the traditional anniversary match Between the divisional champions Desperado says Well How about this time? I challenge you, you know, if we're going to have a match, how about I challenge you for those title belts? And Abushi, of course, he's... Um, he accepts the challenge. He's going to fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. Um, Despy says he's he'll show Abushi that he's not the same man he was all those years ago. Abushi uh, actually remembers how many years ago. He says it was eight years ago, and he remembers it because Despy sucked back then. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, not afraid to put the titles on the line. But, uh... And then backstage... And this is what I was talking about. Despie agrees that he sucked back then. And he doesn't even mind Ibushi saying so. He's like, it's true. Um, and he was surprised that Ibushi remembered when it was. Although... I've also seen somewhere else that it was seven years, so Ibushi might have been slightly off. But, anyway... Um, Despi doesn't remember, he doesn't remember all of his challenges, and frankly, he doesn't want to go back and watch them, because he knows he wasn't good, and he just, all he knows is that, well, he actually says he, he wasn't good, and he didn't know how to get better, but he has now, he's a new man, uh, and then Naito stumbles in, he says he knows that he called his shot quickly after the Tokyo Dome and admits that if he was a fan that he may have considered it too early as well but he just couldn't keep quiet when this unification idea was raised Um, although he kind of thinks it's funny that uh, he says it was like typical of him to fail Um, he wanted to keep things as they were but this is the funny pro wrestling story of Naito so he, he sees the lighter side of it I guess um, but that is, that is, I don't think they've actually put it in those words before. And that Nitro just wants to keep things the way they are. It's in line with Nitro disagreeing with Omega. That he wanted... He didn't want the expansion to the United States. He's like, no, we should just grow things here in Japan. So that's kind of been Naito's thing for a while. He's, he's the the old, I liked it back in my day kind of guy. Um, and then Ibushi represents the future. He comes in, he's greeted with Zima's and questions. He said he his will was stronger than Naito's. Uh, he repeats his unification vision. I've said it enough times by now. Uh, he heard Okada's comments um, on it, that just basically Okada doesn't care about the IC title at all. He understands that, but you know he's he's got his own views. Uh, he sees Desperado as a worthwhile challenger that has changed a lot, describing him as as a great wrestler. And he Ibushi says that he would like the junior title on the line as well, but he understands that. It wouldn't be on the line, so he will show everyone the difference between heavyweight and junior heavyweight wrestling. And that was that. So, today, the next day after this event, there was a press conference to be held, but news broke early that uh, the chairman, Naoki Sugabayashi. Uh, This was uh, broken by Tokyo Sports. Uh, Shugabayashi confirmed that the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship will in fact be unified to create the first IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And it is... Look, it's a translated article, so I'll say it's very strongly suggested that there'll be a new title belt, but I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sure that there is. I mean, there would kind of have to be, unless... I guess I wouldn't really consider it a new title belt if they just kind of found the space to write world somewhere on the current heavyweight championship, but... um. They did confirm that Ibushi would be the... Uh, well, actually, this this is what they said at first. There was a couple of things that... Um, and again, they could be lost in translation, or they could have amended it. At first, they said that Ibushi would be recognized as the first champion. Um, well, actually... Ugh, oh, hold on, let me just finish a sentence here. The first, of course, uh, world heavyweight champion. And and then they said that the anniversary match against Desperado would be a non-title match. But then this, this was another thing that they later changed or corrected. Because uh, in a Twitter post from the NJPW Global account, they said that it would, in fact, be for the... Um, well, that one would be for the double titles. Which, I don't know how much sense that makes, to be honest. I mean, it just kind of further confirms that Desperado is not winning but in any case the this is the the, the first time the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship will be on the line will be against the winner of the New Japan Cup and it's the 4th of April at Sakura Genesis what I can't confirm is if Ibushi will walk in the champion I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do Ibushi's going to be the champion And he's going to defend the title At That event Rather than You know this is a new title and it's vacant I suppose I mean they're unifying the titles I guess Ibushi has to go in As the defending champion Maybe what I'm wondering more Is if he walks in with both belts, and the winner of that match actually walks out with the new title belt. Um, I get the feeling they're probably going to give it to Ibushi, and he's going to win anyway. I mean, they've the way that the article was written, um, and you know, just everything around this. I'm pretty sure Ibushi going to retain anyway. They're kind of making him the guy that they're. You know this—he's the beacon of change. You know, it wouldn't really make sense to build all this up. It's a Bushi's vision to unify the titles, and then he doesn't even—you know—get to reap the rewards of his hard work and his and his vision coming to fruition. So, you know, that's that. But um, yeah, so he'll face whoever is the winner of the New Japan Cup, which, by the way, is Stacksville. But, um, well, this, um, this is something that I posted on Reddit, by the way. I, uh, San 11 if you want to follow me. Um, it's, it got a lot of comments, which I, I mean, of course it did. It's big news, but, um, there's a lot of people. It's very, uh, controversial, I would say. A lot of people against it. I I think um, one of the things... Actually, I didn't mention this. One of the things was... And I think this is what most people are upset about. Is that they said something about... There being a new lineage for the title. And I understand that being... Something people would be upset about. Um... I think it has to have a new lineage though It's a new new championship It's a new prize I don't think that means they can't Kind of um, Like I would be surprised if they um, Ignore The heavyweight championship Like just from this point It never existed And this is a completely new title Uh, I, I, I kind of, maybe it's hopeful thinking, but I think they would just keep it going, but they just, you know, draw a line in the sand of, well, this is when it became a different title, but you just move it along. I mean, how many times has that happened in history? You have, I mean, let's try WWE since they have so many bloody titles. You got the, um, okay. Okay. So there was the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. That's kind of one of the big ones. Uh, well, actually, no. You had the WCW Heavyweight Championship. And you had the WWE Heavyweight Championship. Well, they didn't call it... They just called it the, World Champ- the WWF World Championship and the WCW Heavyweight Champ- World Heavyweight Championship. And they got unified to create the WWE Undisputed Championship. And that just maintained the lineage of the WWE championship and eventually that just became the WWE championship and they restarted the World Heavyweight Championship um so yeah i think i think that's what they do i think the heavyweight championship lineage continues the IC championship lineage ...is just kind of frozen in time. It had its place. I, I'm i not sure how much I really want to go into what I think of the IC title. I just, I don't know how useful it is. I'm not really a fan of everyone getting a title. And, I mean, you can definitely argue that they had top guys with that title. And that definitely gives it some prestige... And trust me, I'm a big Nakamura fan, but, um, I just, I, I mean, Nakamura kind of held that title as, you know, something for him to do because he wasn't really in the world title picture anymore and, but he was still a, a top and popular guy. And then they kind of just replayed that storyline for Naito because they needed Okada to be the top guy and break all those records, but Naito was really popular. So they had him with this kind of silver medal belt. And it just doesn't make sense to me why anyone would challenge for that. Like, because pretty much everyone that is in like the IEC title picture is pretty close to the heavyweight title picture. And I I guess I, I agree with Okada. Like and Tanahashi. Okada and Tanahashi are the same opinion basically. They just said, well, you know, if you're in this and if you're in this business, you should be going for the top prize. Um so I just I don't really like the idea of mid card title, but I get it. And I don't think this was even operating as that. It was just the title on the guy that couldn't quite be the guy. And I don't think that's necessary to have a championship for. It's certainly not the top of a division. I know I've talked about this before. Championships should be the top of a division. The open weight title between 2014 and 2018. When it was just kind of uh, a bunch of guys that weren't really in the, the world title picture. But they had something else to prove. They were just the, the toughest sons of guns. And they went out there and they hit each other hard. And, you know, guys like Shibata, Nagata, well, Shibata was somewhere around the title picture, but Shibata, Nagata, Ishii, Makabe, Honma, Goto. These guys would have these physical battles and they kind of created their own division of just, you know, if, if you're the champion of, 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 of what we do, you gotta, you got to be able to take some heavy licks and that's not to say that the heavyweight champion doesn't have to, but that's just a more dynamic division, I guess, where you have to take on all comers, where this is di- whereas that that at that time that never openweight division was uh, quite a specific style. So uh or Suzuki of course is one of the other ones. But um yeah, it uh it just it makes more sense to me to have a title that means something to people that aren't in the heavyweight title race and they can raise their stock by being champion of this division and then when they think they're ready they can move on to the heavyweight championship or now the world championship um, picture or scene. Um, I'm assuming the United States title stays for the most part in the united states they're trying to build that you know they they need a championship on that show now if they're if they're building up strong and um oh and this brings me to what i was teasing earlier tanahashi tanahashi's talking about he needs to raise the never title he wants to change how people see the never title this is exactly what i'm talking about But what I was teasing was, I wonder if he literally wants to see, or change, literally wants to change how people see the title by changing the title, because that's due for an update, and it really doesn't look like, I mean, I don't know, it's not a great looking title, to be honest. So, um, yeah, he could be the guy, you know, They, they I think they, they generally they tend to change all the titles around the same time of course so 2008 was when the current heavyweight title was um that we that we got that and they actually i've got this written down somewhere but i I will do i will do something about the titles because i i've gone back i know when they changed all the different titles and being the belt nerd i am i know all this crap so well i don't know it off the top of my head in fairness but i've written it all down i've researched it so That'll be an article coming up soon. But, um, I mean, of course, they had to change the junior heavyweight title at that time because they made it look pretty similar to the heavyweight title. And, um, hey, they might update that too. I'm, I mean, I'm nervous because, excuse me, I love that bloody title. It's beautiful, but it's exciting. It's a new belt. Let's see what it looks like. You know, they've had some pretty titles in the past. Um, Although, you know, the never title and whatnot They've had some stinkers too But we'll see Um, I just think it's exciting maybe that uh, we get more titles updated Tanahashi, maybe he can Maybe he wants to wear that new title around his waist Like maybe when they upgrade it Make it look like a bit of a, a better prize Now Tanahashi feels like he wants to wear that around his waist You know and that, in a funny little way, puts it over as well. Tanahashi's wearing it around his waist. We're used to seeing him with the heavyweight title around his waist. Of course, he's not in that picture anymore. So, um, And if he's, a, he's a perfect person to put someone over, whoever that's going to be. So, uh, you know, in that on, on that level. But um, I just think that makes more sense than having that um, A2 title, is what I was calling it. You're not A1, you're A2. it um, It doesn't make sense. You should be, if you're you're that high, you should be just challenging for the heavyweight title. You should be challenging for the top prize. So, uh, that's what I think about the IC title. I'm not, and I mean, it's only 10 years old. Whatever. It had two significant stories. Nakamura because he wasn't the top guy. Naito because he wasn't the top guy. And don't get me wrong, they were cool. It was cool. All of that history is cool. Especially for Naito, the way it worked out with him. Um, but that's fine. It it ran its course. I I don't know. But the the way everyone reacted to that Reddit thread, I think uh, I might be in the I might be in the minority with that. Having said so, people hate change. It's just human nature. So in in three months we might all be laughing about this. What were we worried about? What a great time we're having now. And I'll tell you another thing, I like that they're trying to start something new, because how many times have I said on this freaking podcast, they they need to shake things up, they need to do something different, so we'll see. Will we have a surprise winner of the New Japan Cup? Let's talk about that. What are we up to? Oh, that's alright, just over an hour. Let's get into it. Oh, well, they actually had the press conference, by the way, but... At the time of this recording They didn't translate it Um, I mean the main reason I watched it Was just in case they gave you a sneak peek Of that title I was pretty sure they wouldn't And they didn't But um, they just had Basically the Sugabayashi repeated what he said in that article And then he announced the New Japan Cup um, Brackets So I'll, I'll run over those Quickly uh, oh, actually, he would have uh, announced the matches for the anniversary show as well. Let's do that real quick, because that'll come first. I didn't write that down, though. Just because I found the um, New Japan Cup brackets in a real neat little graphic, so I took those down before I started talking here. But um, Oh, no, they don't have the lineup on the schedule for the anniversary event. So, as far as I'm aware, in Budokan, they've got... Um, That main event with the double title on the line for the last time, Ibushi versus Despi. So that's on Thursday. That's cool. Excited for that. And then uh, the New Japan Cup starts the next night, Friday night. So Evil and Tanahashi get first-round buys. I'm not sure why Tanahashi gets a buy. Um, maybe just because he's Tanahashi obviously Evil won the tournament last year so that makes sense Uh, but they're at opposite ends of the brackets so um, Evil will face the winner of the first match Kojima versus Cobb should I do Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about him as we go so I would say as much as I like Kojima he just got that big upset When Cobb's got to be the favorite going into that one Then we have Naito versus Okan. Now, if they want to start... Here's the thing. I I would say if they're going to start pushing someone that they wouldn't usually quite push, it's more likely they just choose one guy and the rest of them are the results you'd think. So Naito's got to go in, of course, the favorite in that one. But maybe Okan's a guy they like. Who knows? The next one's Yano versus Farley. Farley's back. Um and that's kind of a pick'em. Um I guess I would suggest Yano's the the favourite in that one, although now I'm trying to remember the history between Yano and Farley because I think Yano would would get Farley, like Farley would beat a bunch of guys and this is back when they treated Farley seriously. I think Yano would be a spoiler for Farley more often than not. I don't know. I remember him always being scared of him. Anyway, not really a consequential match to be spending too much time on. Um whoever wins that isn't winning the next one, uh I'm sure. Goto versus Tai Chi. Now in that one I would say Tai is the favourite going in. Uh I would hope so. I like Goto, but Tai Chi's one of these guys. He's 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 right there. You know. I mean he's he's not a young guy, but he's he's right there. He's, um, he's capable of doing more than what he's currently doing. Great tag team. Oh, actually, having said that, I hate to skip around too much, but just talking about the intercontinental title. People say, oh, you know, there's there's, there's no, like, stepping stone, what have you. If you're not good enough to be challenging for the heavyweight title, get a partner. Let's get some teams in the tag division. Bloody hell. You know? All those trios titles, I know that's a joke, but it doesn't have to be a joke. It's not inherently a joke to be in a trios team. Now, what are they? The six-man titles, I call it. I call it trios title. Trios. Like, pick a couple mates. Go make that a bigger deal. It's not like they couldn't. It's not like it's inherently a joke. If they get some guys that matter in these divisions, it'd be good. It'd be exciting. Like, okay, evil. Evil perfect example. That's a tag team wrestler. Okay. Who should he be with? Let's roll through these. I mean, I guess you should say you should be with a, with a, um, Bullet Club guy. Kenta, I guess. I mean, Kent is going to be a United States wrestler, I think, but I don't know. Like, if Kent is not quite in that picture either, and they're, they're not going to figure him in for three months, six months, like, tag run. It doesn't matter. They not have to win. Just be like, challenges that you're like, oh, wow, you know, those are proper guys. They might win. Of course, Bullet Club's a weird example because the current champions are Bullet Club, but I digress. So, Goto versus Tai Chi. I feel like Tai Chi is a favorite going into that one Okada versus Takagi. That is the pick of the bunch on this end of the bracket, maybe on both ends. That's another one where you're like, you know, Shingo for sure is one of those guys that's right there with Taichi with, I think I'd personally put him above Okan. Um, I actually know that's, It wouldn't be fair at all to Taichi and Takagi to put Okan on that level. But yeah, those two are right there. Like That's someone you could make with a New Japan Cup. Um, Then you've got Honma and Suzuki. Suzuki's got to be the favorite going into that one. Juice versus Kenta. Um, That is a match that I'm sure will figure into the the strong program. Because those are two guys that I expect to be kind of big deals on the the strong program. Um but that closes out the first side of the bracket. Uh oh and I guess I I think I would say Kent is the favorite going into that one, but that could go either way. Uh you know what if you look into the history of Juice and Kent recently, off the top of my head, I think well I I guess Juice would No wait. Wasn't Juice meant to challenge Kenta for the briefcase and he got injured? So they never ended up having that match and then Kenta had a last-minute opponent who he defended against? Not to... Or I don't know who would have won that. I think that was a while ago now. Anyway, so that's uh, that could be a close one. Other side of the bracket. Tenzan versus Osprey. So Osprey's got to get his... I mean, it wasn't a direct loss. Tenzin didn't actually win the match himself, and Osprey didn't lose the match himself, but, you know, Osprey's got to get the win back there for sure. Uh, Kid Gabriel Kidd's in the tournament, and he faces his compatriot, the uh, Zack Sabre Jr. So, of course, Zack's the favorite there. Nagata versus Suji. This would be a cool one to see Suji get a win. I don't expect him to. Nagata's definitely the favorite going in, but... um, You never know. I'm pretty sure Nagata wins, but... I mean, look... Suji's ready for something, but... uh, I don't know if the New Japan Cup's really... Like I said before... They're more likely to just kind of... Push a guy... And make that the standout, rather than... A few different kind of guys get some wins because then you just it's better that the top guys beat the guys that aren't quite there so that you have the guy that you thought wasn't quite there that actually is quite there beat top guys on his way up rather than beat guys that you didn't expect to get through to the next round so yeah expect a Nagata win there then we have Ishii versus Sonata Sonata's definitely higher ranked i imagine he's the favorite Finley versus Owens. I think Finley's higher rated than Owens. That's with respect to both of them, they're both good at what they do, but that's a real job squad match. And then Yoshi versus Yujiro. I think Yoshi is a rung above Yujiro. He's the favorite there. Hanare's back. Oh, poor old Hanare. Last year he was everyone was thinking he was going to get, you know, um a bit of a a bit of shine in the New Japan Cup And then everything fell apart But uh, he's back He's going to be facing Jay White In the first round, so good luck son I uh, have to imagine Jay White's Moving through In that one And uh, and as I said before, whoever wins Tanahashi's the one with the uh, At the other end of the bracket So the winner of Hanare versus White Will face Tanahashi Um. Although you know I mean, there's history with White and Tanahashi, of course, but then you've got Hanari and Tanahashi that have been teaming together a lot lately. There's a, I mean, that's the good thing about New Japan is that they, they keep these histories intact, and that's why you have a match like Ibushi versus Desperado that everyone knows was not at all set up, but Despy comes in and he's like, you know, I'm in the city that I challenged you in all those years ago. That was the first time that I challenged for this title. Well, now this is the first time that I've won the title, and I want to take your titles like there's just a story there already because you keep that stuff going. It just makes sense um, yeah, well, I guess a bit of a overview of this. You've got Naito, Taichi, Okada, Shingo, and Kenta that I would say are um, somewhat realistic chances. Like, I could foresee it possibly happening with those guys in the first block. Osprey, Zach Sabre Jr., Sonata, Jay White, and Tanahashi being the guys I would see uh, possibly, um, you know, I would believe, could get to the final in the other bracket. Um, if I was just, I mean, without breaking down every single match and who would have to beat who, I mean, it's hard to go past Okada, Naito doesn't really make sense. I guess really what you want to be looking at is who faces Ibushi for the World Heavyweight Championship. I don't think there's enough, I don't think Osprey has enough steam Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't have enough steam. Sonata definitely not going there again. Jay White's possible, but they just came off that at Wrestle Kingdom. Tanahashi's doing a different program. That doesn't make sense. Naito doesn't make sense. Taichi's a stretch. Shingo's a bit of a stretch. So is Kenta. It's Okada, right? It's got to be Okada. They build Okada back up. He wins the New Japan Cup. And then, you know, it makes sense that Okada wants to be the first or, you know, to be the, the world heavyweight champion um, and, and represent that title the same way he represented the, the last title. But um, I think Ibushi beats him because they're, they're going with him. It's kind of an, a new era and Okada's got to kind of come back around. And figure out build his way back up and you know, they've they've taken all this time to build Okada back up just for that title shot. The fact that he doesn't win it the first time, I mean Okada's Teflon at this point, you know. He'd be fine, work his way back up. Um Yeah, actually, just just laying it out like that that's um I'd put money on that. I'm terrible at predictions though. I am awful at predictions But that makes so much sense And there's just those other guys That are actually I would say in, in a vacuum Likely to win Something like a New Japan Cup Like it just doesn't make sense That matchup doesn't make sense With Ibushi At Sakura Genesis um, For a couple of them Just because the matches Have just happened For a couple of them Just because the, the, You know They don't have that momentum yet um, But Okada's got the momentum and and that's a big deal. Um, they've got to make that match a big deal. It's for the first IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I kind of can't see any it being anyone else. I hate to be a spoiler, but does that not make sense? Anyway, that's enough. This has gone on longer than I thought it would. Um, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I will actually quickly preview, I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing, but there's going to be some work coming out of me in uh, the, the couple weeks to come, because I've actually got some time off work, um, not to uh, dismiss, go past the fact that I've just done two podcasts in a row, but um, yeah, there's there's some things I'll catch up on, definitely get some more of that historical stuff done coming up soon, but of course this uh New Japan Cup will keep me busy. So um and of course I, I still haven't kept caught up on strong. I mean I've watched it but I haven't relayed it on this platform. Uh I I actually considered doing it um just a kind of the the strong stuff and uh this stuff because I, I thought maybe I wouldn't have enough Just going through one card, enough content to really make it a worthwhile podcast. Or wasn't that incorrect because of all this news that came out the next day? But um, I'm excited. Let's see where it goes. Until then, have a good one.